Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Terran Show. But before we get started, I have uh, something that's very special uh, to, to me. Uh, I, I've, got a, I've got an ad. It's, it's my very first ad for The Terran Show. Uh, very, I'm very proud of this. Um, I, Harry's reached out to us. And uh, they they said, hey, we want to sponsor your show. So Harry's Razors, they sent me this package. Uh, it came with uh, this cool looking razor and it felt very professional. Uh, and it came with some, sh- some shaving cream and it had uh, this great little note. Um, it made me feel very special. Um, and then uh, I got to I'm not I'm not one to, to shave very often. Um, if you, if you just watched my, my recent survivor podcast, you, you saw my, my baby face, uh, because I used this razor and I shaved and, uh, it was pretty easy. I liked it. It was fun. Uh, Harry's, uh, it's, it's, here's, here's the thing. It's these two guys, Jeff and Andy. They, uh, they were fed up with buying overpriced razors. They started Harry's to fix shaving. They bought their own German factory over a hundred years of blade making experience there, uh, to ensure the highest quality. All of the products are backed by a 100% quality guarantee. Uh, They offer their blades at a half the price of the leading uh, competitors because they sell directly to you on the internet. Uh, So you can get a a free trial here. Uh, Harry's is all about a great shave at a fair price. Um, So you get a free trial. It's worth $13 of value. You just have to pay for shipping. Uh, the free trial includes the weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. Very important for me because uh, I'm going to be traveling very soon to New York for the Live Know It Alls. So uh, if you want your free trial for Harry's, uh, you can go to harrys.com slash that's harrys.com slash Taryn. That's my name. It's in a link. It's, it's seriously though. Uh, I, I actually, I really enjoyed this. Um, it uh, like, it made me feel like an adult, uh, which is uh, always fun uh, to, to have this cool razor. Uh, it, it feels, it really does. It, it has a good weight to it, a good heft. Um, and I'm seriously just like very uh, excited to have a sponsor. And so if you go to harrys.com slash Taryn, if you're interested in this at all, uh, it would really support uh, me and the show to uh, to show Harry's that they made a good investment in uh, in wanting to uh, promote on my show. Uh, so uh, I apologize for the lengthy preamble, but uh, I'm very excited. I hope you're very excited. Uh, but without further ado, let's get to the show. I'm going to start the music. Nice, man. And hello everyone, welcome back to the Terran Show. Uh, I have a very, very, very special guest with me today. I've been looking forward to talking with this man uh, basically since I started the podcast, but especially since I had the pleasure of hanging out with him in New York the last time I was there. It's Johnny Mac from Big Brother 17. How you doing, John? What's up, Terran? Thanks for that heartfelt intro. That was hit me right in the feels. Thank you so much. <laughs> How's it You're going with welcome. you? I am. I'm good. I like I said, I'm very excited. I, I, I feel like a, a, a real podcaster. I'm reading ads and stuff. And your <laughs> face is cleanly shaven, I may add. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, it's, it's a little weird, uh, you know, but it's, it's uh, nice. 
feels feels very nice. I've been touching my face a lot today. <laughs> Harry's razors. It's very punny. <laughs> Don't you know, Harry, is. like, is it like Harry? I didn't even think like, about that. Fur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the guys' names are Jeff and Andy. Like, uh, the, where does the Harrys even come from? It must just be the hair pun. We don't talk about what happened to Harry. <laughs> 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 all right well uh johnny mac you uh you were on big brother 17 as i mentioned you played yes. with the likes of vanessa and uh, our good friend steve moses uh you um you were a big fan of the show when you went on but you hid it from everyone yeah. to the point where even the viewers were like is he a fan is he not a fan we don't know uh but you you were one of my favorite characters on that uh season i i believe i campaigned for you to win uh america's favorite player but uh unfortunately that rascal james he beat you out so uh hey, it's, I'm, it's I'm the still thought that counts it. <laughs> yes. it's a thought that counts hey i'm doing fine we're good <laughs> yeah i feel like uh i had cameron on i also rooted for him for him to win america's favorite player so i feel like i'm just uh i'm having you all all of the the failed uh <laughs> people yeah just like we'll have a big losers club here couldn't even win america's favorite let alone the yeah. game <laughs> 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 All right. Well, John, you're you're a very interesting person. So John is a dentist, uh also a musician, a streamer, a video gamer, somebody that played Big Brother. He was a fan of the show. Uh very interesting guy. So uh Joe, how if 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 somebody has come to this podcast, they don't know who you are, how would you introduce yourself, John? Hi. <laughs> I don't know, something <laughs> like that. I usually start with that. You know, firm handshake. Um Yeah. That's important. Uh, maintain eye contact to just, you know, keep them comfortable. But, you know, not too much that they're freaking out. Yeah. Because then, you know, there's a line. If you go over that line, <laughs> yeah, it gets weird. <laughs> do you think Do you think we did well with eye contact when we were in New York? Yeah, I think that was pretty well. Yeah. Okay. That's good because I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the best at eye contact. I, I'm it, usually, like, looking everywhere. If I do recall, we actually – the. It was like a bro five, you know, it's like half high five, half handshake hybrid. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. I'm very <laughs> inexperienced with with bro fists or hands mm. or of any sort. I never know what I'm doing. Like some people, they do like the grab your hand and then like do the half hug. And yeah. some people, they they want the like high five. Some people want a fist bump. And I'm always just kind of like, oh, I, I never know what I'm doing until the last second. And then I like switch it up. And I'm, sometimes it works. And sometimes I'm like, ha ha, that was embarrassing. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. We, we all have that awkward feeling. <laughs> and then sometimes people come up and they lick your face. That's weird. <laughs> Well, when you have such a clean-shaven, yeah. uh, wonderful clean-shaven yeah, face from, from Harry's razors, yeah, then, from, obviously. From Harry's razors. <laughs> but no, for real. Did somebody lick I, your face? That's happened before. It has? Yeah. Big Brother is a weird experience. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the way I usually greet people, well, uh, my job is very people-oriented, so I have to meet a lot of people every day. Not all of them like me, so I usually just go into the room and say, hey, I'm Dr. McGuire. Uh, let's go over your health history. So that, that's my main way of, I'd say a majority of the time, that's how I introduce myself to people. But I guess in everyday situations, yeah, just be like, yeah, I'm John. What's up? Um, if they care enough to ask about the profession, I'm like, oh yeah, I do teeth. And then that usually gets a good conversation rolling because everybody cares about their teeth. Like, everyone's thinking about some weird thing that like 
they want to ask their dentists about, but they probably forget when they're there for their cleaning. So that's always fun stuff to talk about. It's true. Yeah. Brings, brings some laughs out. (laughs) I feel feel like when I met you, I immediately had the, uh, cause like I hate going to the dentist, obviously. Um, so when I met you, like very affable guy, uh, very, very, uh, easy to talk to. I was like, man, this is, this is my opportunity. Yeah. A dentist I don't hate. Get the questions uh, in now. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, stab- the problem was I, I, when I go to a dentist and I, last time I went to a dentist, I looked up the Yelp reviews after I went, which was a terrible idea. And every single person on Yelp was like, this guy's a scam. He tries to get you to do unnecessary things. And then I was like, yeah. that's scary. Yeah, that's very scary. And you know what? You're going to find that for every single dentist out there. Because if someone had a really good time, they're not going to go on to Yelp and say that (laughs) they had a really good time. They only go there when it's time to complain. At least that's how I feel. Like the only, I don't think I've ever left like a complaint on the internet for anything. But the only times that I've felt like, oh, I should really do that. It hasn't been when I'm happy. It's been like when I was pissed off at something. Yeah. (laughs) But (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's some shady, shady characters out there. You got to watch <laughs> mm. for sure. Uh, well, how did how did you get into dentistry? Like, was this a, was this a childhood dream of yours, Johnny Mac? Never. Not once. <laughs> not once ever. So, yeah, I don't know how far back we want to go. So to my first memories, uh, there's not a whole lot there. I think my first <laughs> word was ball, apparently. <laughs> um, What else? Maybe you were I, destined to become a sports star. Yeah, I, I did play a lot of sports growing up. I played baseball in the spring, summer, then soccer in the fall, then basketball in the winter. So we pretty much had something going year round. I tried swimming for a bit because my dad was a swimming coach. Uh, I didn't like that too much. And then in high school, I did track and golf. And that's uh, so I've always just I've been physically fit. I just kind of laid off on it <laughs> once I was in dental school because things got crazy then. But then uh, let's see. Fast forward a bit more. Uh, oh, OK. Uh, part of this will make sense eventually. But in fourth grade, we had this really mean teacher and I didn't really enjoy being in her class. But one thing she did uh was if we got an a on a test she had this star cutout thing and uh every time you got an a she'd glue a little star underneath till you had this like chain of stars growing and then like by the end of the quarter you could take it home and show your parents like oh look at all my stars and uh i was like i was racking them stars up man (laughs) (laughs) i had this stupid long star chain every time and i was like I must be doing pretty well on these tests. And uh, that, that it was just kind of like that feeling. Like I never felt like I was good at school, but there were some things that I was good at, like multiple choice tests and stuff like that. And uh, did good on the SATs, uh, did good on the tests in undergrad. So I was just like, I'm, I'm doing good at these multiple choice tests. I really want money. So I was, you know, really nerdy, wanted big house, lots of money hot wife you know like the the american nerd dream and uh so i was like well dentistry pays a lot of money and to become a dentist really all you do is take a lot of multiple choice biology tests and chemistry tests and stuff like that so this and i'm already good at my hand uh good with my hands good at my hands that'd be yeah, I, you can be good at hands all right 
I'm good at hands. Yeah. <laughs> From uh, I started playing bass when I electric bass when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. So and I picked up the guitar at the beginning of undergrad. So I was already developing skills there. I'm like, this just seems like what I should do. So I applied to dental school uh, my last year of undergrad, which, by the way, I was a finance major. So I, my undergrad degree is in finance, and I haven't used it since then. Uh, got into dental school. Um, that was fun. A lot of really type A, high-strung people, which prepared me very well for Big Brother, because even the uh, most high-strung people of our season weren't anywhere near as bad as people in our class. But uh, yeah, finished dental school, did residency. While I was finishing dental school and doing residency, I was applying for Big Brother. I, I shot my first audition video like in the dental school, working on like uh, one of the heads after hours that we had there. Uh, then I didn't make it that season, got into residency, uh, tried out again. I went to my residency director. I'm like, hey, say I might be on a reality <laughs> show because things were going well. <laughs> I was like, what What would uh, the policy be for that if I were to be gone for a long length of time? She's like, you can't be gone for a long length of time. <laughs> and it didn't pan out anyway, so nothing came of it. But it's been kind of funny because the whole time I was applying and I was having some success with it, everyone was like, oh, that's adorable. You're trying to get on TV, chasing your dreams. Like in my head, I'm like, no, like, guys, I'm really close. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, got on Big Brother. It was a good time. So it sounds like you really approached uh, school like very practically, like a finance major, and then you went uh, for for the dentistry. Uh, did, was that like what? Where did that decision come from? Uh, I I think it was like fear of the unknown. As far as I didn't think I could handle blood and like <laughs> <laughs> dissecting a cadaver in dental school and stuff like that. So. If that was really the only thing that I was thinking was holding me back. Finance, I decided to major in that because I was good at math. That was like my strongest subject. And I was like, I, I love money too. So <laughs> this is a good combination. And I could learn all these skills that a lot of people don't learn about how to handle money. When's a good time to invest in one thing? When's a good time to pay off debt? All that kind of stuff. And it's paid off so far. I think it's helped me out a lot. So that was the decision to go into finance. Um, and then after I had already gone into that was when I, the dentistry thing, I was like, you know what? I've seen a couple saw movies. Those are <laughs> disgusting. I didn't throw up. I could probably handle it. Uh, so then I just said, yep, let's go for it. And then took all the prerequisites on the side. So like the physics, chem, ochem, calculus stuff yeah and just did all that to get that done and got into dental school got into temple <laughs> well so you you really approached like did, did you have an idea of like something you, you'd rather be doing or did you really just look at like schooling and then job as like this is my way of making money and i'll find fulfillment elsewhere yeah right so this is this is a deep question, isn't it? Yeah. So <laughs> it's just uh, I think the environment I was brought up in that maybe like the the high school I went to, uh, Penn State and even Temple. Like I mean, it was already kind of the path was directed by that point. But even then, 
I think the environment I was brought up in was just like, unless you achieve these certain things, like I said earlier, like big house, tons of money, hot wife, <laughs> nice car. I mean, like, that's what you should be chasing. And if you don't get that, you're maybe not a failure, but that's what you should be chasing. And if you do get it, then you're going to ride off into the sunset and everything's going to be fine. And, you know, at that age, it's like really, if you're brought up in a bubble, you don't really question it too much. You just kind of do it. I was like, well, yeah, I'm good at this. This is going to make me happy. Everyone's telling me it's going to make me happy. So this is what I'm going to do. I just, so there wasn't much questioning. Even like the thought of being a musician, uh, everyone's just like, well, that doesn't pay unless you get lucky. And, uh, you just kind of internalize that and these are people you've known your whole life. You're just like, well, they must be right. Uh, you, you don't even kind of, when you're a teenager, sometimes unless you're like very advanced beyond your years, you don't even question like if these people who have never led you wrong before could be wrong about something. And that's just, it was just everyone in general always says like, oh, don't be a musician. You'll be a failure. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, you know, I, it's funny because I, I think I almost had the opposite when I was growing up. Like I did have a school that definitely pushed people into college and like tried to to get like, you know, practical degrees. But uh, my my mom in particular was very much just like, um, if you could picture yourself doing anything, what would it be? And I was like, ah, making movies. And nice. so that was that was basically the decision. That's a good thing to have in your life. Because you could learn that a lot sooner than I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, I, then I went to college and then I had everyone telling me, no, you can't make it as a writer. Writers don't make a living. Um, and so I was like, OK, I'll be an editor then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're holding us back, man. <laughs> no. And you know what? The whole thing about getting on Big Brother was like I... I did everything. Uh, like, if you really wanted to get on the show, I put all my energy that I possibly could into it. You know, I I studied the show. I'm like, what makes this person good? Why were they put on here? You know, because, like, there is no one criteria for why someone makes the show. Not that I cast or anything or know what anything that I'm talking about, but just my own generalizations I picked up. Like, they don't cast 16 amazing game players every year. They don't cast 16 people with an iq above 100 <laughs> some people are on the lower end some people are on the higher end there's a mix and everyone there's just something that puts you on there and that can be it's a skill learning how to show what's going to be good on tv i think everyone has it inside them what could get them on the show uh it's just a matter of letting it out <laughs> yeah Which, yeah for sure i mean i've had I've had a, a, a fair amount of people send me like their audition tapes uh, and stuff like that. And some of them I've even like hung out with in, in person, like at, at events or, or something like that. And, uh, you know, it, it, there is sometimes like you hang out with someone you're like, this, this person would be amazing on the show. You see their audition video. And I was like, they, they haven't been able to convey that. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's the opposite where it's like the audition video is great. And then you hang out with the person. And you're like, this is actually a normal person that wouldn't be good. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, definitely conveying it on the video or if you're going to do an open call or something like that, that's a skill that can be developed. It's not like, uh, oh, this person is just, oh, that's that's Rachel. That's just the way she is. That's why she's on TV. Like, 
I feel like everyone that's on that level is kind of aware of what they're doing and they just don't care and they just do it. And they've developed the skill to get it from the inside of their brain out to whoever else. It's like, and it's something you have to practice. And uh, I think it's doable, especially uh, I was very introverted my whole life, really up, up until maybe finally dental school. I kind of started opening up a little bit, but uh, just because I know I am really weird <laughs> and I could pick up on like maybe when I was a kid or something. I don't remember the exact incident, but like I could just pick up on like if I'm just going to be like the way I want to be, people are going to look at me funny. <laughs> so I got good at controlling it, I guess. And that kind of put me in the introvert mindset. But it was funny uh, before the show. People were saying uh, that, like, I, I was saying my strategy, like, oh, I'm going to be able to lay low, do this. And like, you're not going to be able to lay low. You're probably going to be out the first week. I'm like, and these were people that hadn't known me my whole life. And uh, I, I told them, like, oh, no, I've, I've been keeping it under control my whole life. This is just me finally letting out. I'm a pro at keeping it under control. <laughs> was, was there a moment when you had like uh, had a sort of realization or uh, you came to the idea that you were uh, like weird when you were a kid? Like, uh, oh, man, why? Why is everyone looking at me? weird? <laughs> yeah. No, it, I don't know. Just like random instances. I, I'm trying to think of one in particular. I don't know. You just you say something stupid. You know, maybe it was like in a speech, a class speech you had to do. And then uh, I. I can't think of one in particular. It's just like I kind of knew in my head, like if I'm just get, if I'm at 100 percent right now, people are going to turn their heads. <laughs> so I got to tone it down a bit. <laughs> uh, I feel like when you're a kid, they're the adults or the older people in your life. They usually they like to pretend that you're really good at things. Uh, and so I thought I was the shit when I was the I was a kid. I was like, I'm the strongest, fastest, most amazing person in the world. Uh, and I remember racing against these older kids and I beat them and I was like, yeah, that's right. I beat you. <laughs> and then uh, like. Later in the day, I saw them racing each other and they were going way faster. And that moment, I was my entire world crashed. And I was like, no, I'm not who I think I am. Like, <laughs> I am not good at things. They've no. all been patronizing me this whole time. They let uh, you win. And it was a very, uh, very uh, enlightening moment. Oh, the world came crashing down there. I'm trying to think right now if I could think of one just like that. Because that would be. <laughs> there. <laughs> I don't know. I must have gotten yelled at for something that I can't remember and like internalize it. <laughs> yeah, well, so, I mean, you, you talk about like being introverted. Would you say that you were kind of like uh, like shy or was it really just sort of like trying to control your, your you know, what you would call weirdness? There was, it was a mixture of both for sure. Yeah, because at, at least in while I was a teenager, there was a lot of times where you're like, oh, I'm not. I'm not really the best at anything, so like I don't really have <laughs> anything to brag about except math, but no one really cares about that at that age. So, uh, yeah, so there was a bit of shyness, a bit of lack of self-confidence there. And then just as I think the confidence builds the more achievements you get. So you just keep trying at something, you fail, you feel bad about yourself, well, 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 the world sucks, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And then you go and you try it again, you fail again, and then you just keep 
you keep doing it over and over and then eventually you're like, well, now I'm not really that bad at it anymore. And then if you keep at it long enough, you're like, wow, I'm actually pretty good at this. And it, it it's just happened repeatedly over my life now. So it's just like, it, you're never good at anything the first time you try. Uh, I know with golf, I was horrible. I was just knocking them like five feet on the ground every time, maybe killing like a bird or two that got in the way. <laughs> the unfortunate souls and then eventually got good enough to be a good player on the team by the end of high school it's just like the more you try the the better you get at something and then same with guitar same with getting on big brother and now same with stuff since big brother it's it's uh just put put the time in yeah yeah for sure i mean i think that um you know i i joined the the choir for um in my high school uh like junior year and that was really the thing that like allowed me to feel like wow I'm actually good at something and like it, I, I like feel confident about myself in this realm uh and I, I really think it was instrumental in uh in helping me kind of leave my shell a little bit yeah um yeah was it was it similarly for you like with music yeah you at first so <laughs> I uh I bought the bass guitar. Well, my dad got it for me for my birthday. It must have been eighth grade, so I was probably like fourteen, thirteen, fourteen. And uh I took a couple lessons on with it. And I remember having the Dave Matthews band live in Central Park DVDs, and I learned every single song from that set list, and I would just put it on in the basement and jam out to it by myself. And uh yeah, that's just a really good feeling. Just pretending you're on stage and killing it, <laughs> even though you have no means to do that at the time. Uh, so yeah, it, it was definitely a release, as you described there. Maybe not as much as the chorus, because I think with vocals, that's like a very personal thing. Because you, your voice is the instrument, so you're obsessing like over your own voice. Whereas <laughs> if it, if it's a bad sounding bass it's a bad sounding bass but like the <laughs> vocals are interesting i'm taking vocal lessons right now just trying to uh learn it because i was horrible a year ago before i started uh just like yeah. anything else there but i i realize for you doing a chorus that's a lot on yourself <laughs> and it's good yeah. to be like confident well, I, about it here it is <laughs> <laughs> Like I I I sucked at first too, uh, but it wasn't entirely my fault. Uh, I had actually I had accidentally gotten placed uh, as a tenor, like the highest tenor part uh, in in the in the choir, and I really just struggled the entire semester. And then I had a bunch of friends that were in uh, chamber choir, which was like the the elite, uh, like the you had to audition for it. Um, and they convinced me to, to just try and I was like, fine. Um, and I did. And the second I got into the audition, like the first thing I did, uh, he was like, wait, you're a, are you, what part are you? And I was like, oh, I'm a tenor. He was like, no, 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 you're bass. You're you're the lowest part of bass. Um, and then it was like, oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Did that make things a little easier then? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't have to reach for them high notes. Good. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was right next to like the best tenor in the, in the entire choir too. So like, I mean, on one hand, it was great because I was like, I could just let, like let my voice drown out in his. Uh, but on the other hand, it like really pointed out to me how terrible I was trying to sing as a tenor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I, I think it, it really does, you know, help improve your 
your confidence in wanting to do things. But see, like for me, that was something that like my, um, my, uh, conductor, he was, uh, suggesting to me that I could potentially, you know, go to school for, for singing and, and, and like do like pursue that as, as something. But that, that was a thing where I was like, ah, that, that doesn't seem like the best career choice, yeah. uh, but I did consider it. Like it was an option for me. Uh, and I never really considered like the hardcore, like business, like, uh, oh, just go for finance or like be a lawyer or something. I almost wish I had like looking back at it, uh, which is interesting. Cause, um, I think you kind of wished you would explore other options, uh, yeah. as well, having gone down your path. So maybe it's a grass is greener kind of thing, but always, yeah, dude, Exactly what you said there. The the grass is always greener. That's it's so true. It's so <laughs> yeah. true. Like um, even when I was like doing the guitar songs I put on YouTube, and they're like, "Oh, if I can nail this, this is gonna be it. Like my life is gonna be the best." And then I finished it. I'm like, "All right, well now I I'm still here. I'm not dead, so I have to keep doing something to keep me occupied." <laughs> and then Big Brother became a thing, and I was like, "Oh, when I get on this show." It's going to be, my life is going to be set. I can be happy and it's fine. And like you said earlier, right off into the sunset and then <laughs> you get on, you're done and you're like, well, now I, I still need more stuff to do. So yeah, grass is always greener in your head than it actually uh, ends up being. And you just, just kind of roll with it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think you just, you kind of have to keep pursuing what makes you happy. I think that's really yeah. Uh, the the bottom line to it all, um, and it, like Eric, Eric helped me really sort of uh, establish that in my head in terms of like uh, you know maybe this won't be successful, maybe maybe it, you know will only last a certain amount of time, but as long as you're happy in the time that you're doing it, I feel like uh, it's worth it to to some extent. You know, you don't want to go full like hedonistic lifestyle or anything, but yeah. uh, if you're pursuing your passions, I think it's uh, it's it's an effective or it's a it's a worthwhile cause regardless. Yeah, you never want to be sitting at some point and being like, I mean, it's it's impossible to avoid this but you want to minimize it as much as you can seeing a spot where you're like oh i wish i tried that you know mm -hmm. uh it, we all everyone's gonna have some decisions that oh i wish i zigged instead of zag but uh you just minimize it <laughs> as best you yeah. can and that like you said by doing the things that make you happy i think that's the best way to do it for sure do you ever you've seen the dark knight right yeah yeah when the joker's tark talking to the about to be two face in the hospital bed he's like i i'm like a, a dog chasing a car i wouldn't know what to do if i caught one i feel like everyone is like that on some yeah. level yeah no i agree i mean it's uh i i sort of liken it to uh like like video games a little bit because um there's there's a i like i love rpgs uh role-playing games for those uh you know non-video game players uh where like you know you build up stats uh and and you like you build up a character you're like working toward a goal you're always working toward a goal um but there's usually a point in video games where like either you become like overpowered and everything's just super easy or like you break down and like you you use a cheat or something and then it's like uh you know like oh yeah now i have everything that i wanted um yes. and, and the second that happens i immediately lose interest in the game like i like the second i achieve my goal in the game i'm just like ah all right I'm good. <laughs> next one like, yeah it, it's like 
because like you're just you're always pushing for like oh if i if i could just like buy this one more thing or if i could have this sword or like uh whatever like then i'll then i'll be really good at this game and then i'll like really be able to kill the enemies and then like the second you get it you're like all right like you you lose interest like you don't actually even want to use the thing you just wanted to get it in the first place yeah exactly no it's you're totally correct it's very underwhelming (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I really feel like that's that's sort of how uh you know like life is in in many ways and like uh you know i i think i i had that problem when i was younger where it was like uh i'd always want more time to do things uh, to like have fun and like play video games or or read books or watch shows or whatever. Um, and then the second I I got the time, I'd I'd be bored with whatever I was doing. I'd be like, uh, oh well, shows are boring. Like yeah. <laughs> if if, I, if there's not scarcity on TV shows, then I don't like TV shows anymore. It's like uh, there needs to be some kind of scarcity. Yeah. Uh, like like books in my mind, and I talked about this with Dom a little bit. Like books in my mind are like this fabled thing. I love books. They're the best thing ever. Uh, even though I never get around to reading them because the second i'm actually reading them I'm like ah oh, books are all right like, <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh man i'm just sitting here yeah let me go make and some it, coffee <laughs> and like there are there are moments of greatness in books and tv shows and all of it but it's like the second you have all all that you ever wanted uh you know it's it's a you know like there's that twilight zone episode um like uh oh man i'm, I'm gonna get crucified for not knowing this because i love the twilight zone uh um, the one where he uh, he wants to, all he wants to do is read books. Yes, um, <laughs> family. Yeah, <laughs> Family Guy parody. The one Family Guy parody parodied. I believe yes, uh, time. T- yeah. time enough at last is what it's called. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> and so all he wants to do is read books, but he's got this. Uh, his wife, uh, she hates him, and she hates books, and she ruins his books, and she ne- doesn't let him read. Uh, and so he goes into the vault in the bank that he works in to read, and then uh, a big uh, bomb goes off, and it's like an apocalyptic, a post-apocalyptic wasteland, and he, he's like, "Oh, I finally have time to read all I want." Uh, and then he he breaks his glasses, and he can't read anymore. There was uh, that's, time that's now. The twist. <laughs> But see, I I feel like uh, I feel like the real twist of that story could have been the fact that like sure he gets all the time he wants, but now what if he doesn't like books anymore? Because now that he has all the books that he wants, what if he doesn't like it anymore? Yeah, now he wants people. They're all gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's no more people. <laughs> and yeah. like uh, in time, he even craves the wife that hated him. Like uh, you know, there's some, there's something there. Yep. No, <laughs> it's it's true. Very true so, sentiments. So do, do you, I mean, you, you, you succeeded in, in becoming a dentist. Uh, mm-hmm. you are, you are now a dentist. You, uh, you know, you make dentist money, I, I would hope. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is it everything that you hoped it would be? Uh, not really. You know, it, everything, like we said, everything looks way better than you think it is. It does. It is way better than like, if I was so a couple of my first jobs weren't the best jobs that I did like during college, you know, like I was a dishwasher for a bit. Um, I did landscaping on a golf course and that while it was fun being outside, the hours were ridiculous and I don't feel like minimum wage covered the amount of effort, physical labor you put into it. Uh, so, uh, I do feel like I like it better than other jobs I've had for sure. But uh, some of the perks that I thought would be there, they're not there. Uh, number one, let's say the money there. If I was following the normal route of just what most people do, if you're not familiar with having a ton of debt after school, <laughs> is they 
pretty much it becomes a mortgage. So you're in, I don't know, I was probably around 250K uh, when I got out. Kids now are probably low 300s to I've even seen half a million Oof. at certain schools, depending on where you go. Uh, so you just kind of treat it as a mortgage, make payments on it for 30 years, assuming you're going to be a dentist and you can make those payments, which isn't too bad. It's like a thousand a month on a dentist income. That's not too bad, but it's still like someone's taking a thousand bucks a month away from me. Uh, so I'm trying to pay it off really fast. So pretty much all of my income just goes to loans like post-tax income. So taxes take a ton away from you. Uh, so really how much money do I actually have versus if I had just started working either out of undergrad or high school, whichever of those, I probably am worse off than if I had just started working right away, but the income will be there eventually. Uh, so the big house, nice car, that's not existent at the moment. Um, as far as <laughs> the, the trophy wife, and I, <laughs> I hate saying that. I know that's sexist, but <laughs> it's what every guy's dreaming of. <laughs> <laughs> that trophy wife? I feel like it. Yeah. I mean, that's why everyone at some point, but I've dated those girls and it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be. And so <laughs> Is it cracked up to be that much? Maybe, uh, maybe uh, you, you in your uh, your land of people telling you that you can't be a musician. Maybe they don't. Like, yeah. Maybe they they fable the trophy wives. It's it's got to be a dental school thing, then. Well, maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, I, they they talk about trophy wives at dental school. Yeah, yeah. Oh every, well, that's everyone wants to even even the girls. <laughs> like, I'm gonna get my trophy man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I got the income. I'll, I'll get a good looking dude, and that'll be that. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, it, it was very uh, shallow, for lack of a better word. And I was totally a part of it <laughs> up until I found out. You know what? It's not really doing it for me. You yeah. Know? And it, sometimes, if I could go back and tell myself, like right before I went into dental school, so that was like twenty one year old me. I was like, dude you are not going to be happy doing this. Don't do it. I wouldn't have listened to me. Even if I had gotten out of the DeLorean as future (laughs) me with a beard and been like, John, you are not going to be happy doing this. I still wouldn't have listened. Why? Because I knew I was right. You know, Uh, I was like, no, this guy's crazy. He's got a me mask. He's coming from up the street. <laughs> this DeLorean isn't a real time machine. He, right? he must have done. He must have done something right to have a time machine. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> he knows Emmett Brown. What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> but yeah, at the time I was like, no, giant house, wife I'm more attracted to, nice car, tons of money that I can just throw everywhere <laughs> and make it rain or whatever. That's what I want. Uh, this guy's crazy. And if I could go back and tell him all that it wouldn't work, I just, I wouldn't believe it. But the pros, there's a ton of pros about being a dentist. Uh, number one, I'm paying off the loans as fast as I can, but I'm also reinvesting money into software to feed the, the music hobby, uh, Mm -hmm. making a lot of electronic music that I recently got into and software is expensive. And same thing, reflecting back, if I were 18 years old and I wasn't uh, making a good income, I couldn't afford to do 
everything I'm doing now that is getting me closer to the goal I'm currently pursuing. So it's not like I actually could have done it back then. So there almost is no regret there. I had to do all this to get to where I am. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you feel like a little bit like, like trapped because like you made this investment in terms of your education and now you have to just like continue the dentistry in order for it to pay off? Yeah. So it it gets better as time goes on. So you're in dental school and unless you've somehow handled that much money before, you don't really understand how much money 250 grand is. Mm-hmm. Not only 250 grand, 250 grand at 8% and the only way you could pay it off with, is with post-tax dollars. So whatever your income is, if you're a kid in school right now, whatever your income is and yeah, you're losing what hundreds of dollars a year at whatever job you're working right now. It they they take more <laughs> eventually once you get bigger. <laughs> so uh, you don't realize how much money you're going to be losing just in taxes there, and how long it would actually take to pay off two hundred fifty thousand dollars at eight percent. It's it's pretty astonishing. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Big Brother was gonna. I was I wasn't too far out of dental school by the time. Big Brother was on, I was on Big Brother. I was only, I did a year of residency, so that put the loans off for a year because you just don't have the income to be paying them. And then I was only practicing for about a year at my current location. So I didn't have a whole lot built up at the time. And winning that 500K would have been real nice because it would have just faded <laughs> off for me. Uh, and, but when I'm Big Brother, that kind of killed my momentum because that's four months of your life. That's about a third of a year. That's a lot when you speak on how much you think you could earn in a year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had to build production momentum back up again, getting patients back in, getting started. Uh, And then since then, once I was back in the momentum, it probably took until that January after the show, because I I went right back to work. Uh, Probably that January, I started doing well, earning again. Uh, and probably about this April, I was like, if I work this hard, I make this much, I can be debt free 2018. So there's a light at the end of the tunnel and that keeps me going. And to get back to the question, it feels good knowing that I'm not really, a year isn't really that long away. It's not even a year, maybe at this point. And, uh, I can be free to do whatever. I'm back to zero. Yeah, I would need to keep doing the dentistry to make a really nice retirement account. But at the same time, I'm only 30. Uh, I can afford to take some risks here and put more time into things that I like doing that may not be as financially rewarding. But if I like doing it, eventually I'm going to get good enough at it that I can make some kind of money at it. And it could be some kind of a career. And then dentistry is not such a bad thing to fall back on. It's a good thing. uh, In finance, I learned about hedging, you know, just offsetting. You could do some risky investments, just have some good stable ones there. You're not really going to lose any money if it goes south. It's going to grow steadily, but not a lot. And you just kind of diversify your skills. Uh, then no one can say to you, well, what if this happens? What are you going to do for a job? It's like, well, I've got a lot of other things I can do. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I I mean, that's sort of, it's sort of where, like where I find myself in terms of, uh, you know, I, like I quit my job to do, to do the podcasting 
and uh i i like i like if if the podcasting doesn't work out then uh, like i can i can find another job um like i don't feel like i'm like totally you know, uh, without a paddle. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, I definitely need people to go to harrys.com slash Taryn. Um, but no, yeah, like, uh, like uh, that's sort of, that's sort of where I, where I see myself, like, you know, just trying to just seeing where it goes and trying to, trying to make it work. And, uh, uh, you know, hopefully it will. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, whatever is good at the time, I feel. And then the more you can, uh, the more skills you have, the more valuable you are to, <laughs> so, to someone and someone's going to need you. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and, and like, that's, that's also, you know, it, like the diversify, like that's, that's totally like my entire life philosophy. I think like when I went to uh, college, I, I initially went to be a writer, but I was trying all sorts of things. And that's how I found editing. And I fell in love with editing. But even once I found editing, I was like, well, I want to know all of the editingness. Like yeah. I want to know everything. <laughs> so I like sound design, uh, like color correction, like a- any possible post-production thing. I wanted to know it. And then my first job, it was like, uh, yeah, do photography for us and film videos. And I was like, all right, well, time to learn all of that stuff too. And like, uh, now I'm like editing podcasts and like, uh, like, I, you know, just, just try to diversify. And now, now look, I'm clearly a very, uh, experienced and professional, uh, talker. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now talking really is another skill skills. <laughs> that you have to do talking about reality TV talking about people's life stories talking about harry's razors yeah exactly <laughs> now now i'm an expert shaver mm-hmm. i can sh- shave my face <laughs> um and man look i don't even have like any uh like cuts or abrasions yeah, you didn't, you didn't yeah. draw any blood today that's perfect <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty impressive because uh i like uh i had no idea what i was doing yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> Do you usually uh, use electric? Used, like, an electric yeah, yeah i've always used an electric yeah. thing uh well i mean i like i initially when i very first started shaving i started i was shaving with like disposable like uh and i cut myself all the time when i did that yeah those things don't last like two shaves man <laughs> they're done yeah. and now you got this you know harry's has that special lubrication strip i mean oh yeah y- you're set <laughs> yeah, for sure um <laughs> so uh so now you, you you sort of see yourself as like you're almost you're almost even yeah in terms of the loan so you want to start uh you know diversifying a little more like ex- experimenting with some other things and you i know you have been as well so like uh tell me about that like what are you into what are you trying to sort of uh accomplish yeah so right now it's uh electronic music i've just been making my own stuff here it's not really I wouldn't say it professional quality yet, but I I'm coming pretty damn close here. Maybe I should start from Big Brother. So you get off Big Brother and it's a whirlwind of things. Uh, it was a little easier for me than I think other people because I knew I had uh, I don't know. I guess bounty wouldn't be the right word, but I knew I owed people money and I couldn't afford to just lay around for a few months after the show. Uh, so I got right back to work to keep making my loan payments. I only put enough aside to pay for the four months that I wouldn't be working for the show. Uh, so I got right back to work doing that. But once you've hit your dream, as we've been talking about reoccurring theme here, you just you don't really know what to do next. So uh, I I did 
I was uh, making like YouTube videos with the uh, fan mail from the show. And I had fun doing that. Everyone's like, oh, you should make more videos. I was like, all right, this isn't too bad. I'll, I'll try making more videos. And uh, I found out just like editing videos. I mean, uh, I, I didn't enjoy doing it personally. And then trying to do, <laughs> you know, over 40 hours a week as a dentist on top of coming up with a good, solid YouTube idea and doing one release per week. I mean, I was like, I, I, the YouTube's paying me like, 20 cents a month whereas i'm actually <laughs> making money at work i'm like i can't and I, I it's gotten to the point where i don't enjoy doing the youtube stuff anymore i just kind of stopped doing that um i did i tried new things that i had never tried before uh i i took a class in new york i would take the bus out, out there on the weekends just for uh improv comedy that was fun uh it's it's very similar to the diary room you're just talking uh, uh you know off the cuff there and trying to make funny things happen and uh so i i found that as enjoyable as diary room sessions on big brother um but then i just kind of sat down and this making electronic music was like a complete opposite of something that i'd been doing that whole year which was like letting the inner animal out and all that kind of stuff but this was very like quiet it's just me time designing stuff it's very sciencey and mathy and i love it uh it's a very good stress reliever after a day at the dental office and i'm just like you know what my goal could be trying to do this and being a professional at it so that's what i'm doing right now besides you know still working full-time as a dentist cool uh, have you have you sort of like tried to put together any releases of of music or are you just kind of playing around still yeah so uh i put a song up when i feel like it's the best i can do at that time because i'm obviously i'm not skrillex yet <laughs> but that would take for or dead mouse or all the big names there i'm not that good but I feel like if you sit on your creations and don't release them just because you think they're no good, you're not really getting anywhere. It's the same thing. You got to fail a few times. So when and I've had a couple of friends tell me that like are kind of in the music business, they're like, when it's the best you can do at that time, you've got to put it out. So uh, I had a song that my friend Joe from undergrad and I had kind of just put down some rough ideas with guitars and drums and stuff and he sings the vocals uh and i just added some electronic elements to that it was mostly still guitars and vocals though and uh when it was to the point where i was like you know what i can't make this sound any better right now let's just put it out i uploaded it to soundcloud uh i had actually uh you know alex from big brother over the top there uh, yes yeah yeah uh her boyfriend is a graphic designer so he made a cool little visualization thing for youtube for me and uh i was very appreciative of that he did a very good job um made it look really good put that up there then i did a remix contest uh with oddly enough the original song was by an electronic musician that was in dental school in um tennessee i think uh, he did the original song, and I was like, oh, cool, let's remix this one. And I said, I'm, I'm just going to do it. Whatever it is, I'm just going to do it. And then I listened to it, and I'm like, it's pretty cool. And then I didn't know the genre existed, but it was uh, 
Christian EDM. Oh. And I, I get that that's some people's thing. I am not a religious man. So it was me working with these lyrics. I was like, I don't really know what to do with these. So I chopped them up like most people do. Like that, uh, <laughs> that Kygo and Selena Gomez song that's out right now uh, in the chorus. I don't know. Whatever. But uh, <laughs> it was something similar to that. I, I think I did a pretty good job with that. I put it up. I didn't win the contest. It's pretty tough to win those. Like there's pro guys that say like, oh, yeah, I n- I've never won one of those. Uh, you, you have more luck uh, getting famous than that. But I did get an honorable mention for it being different. So I was like, all right, at least it got somehow noticed. Then uh, I put up a third one that was another original. And this one was just straight like electronic. I Joe and I had originally put down the idea with guitars and stuff, but I found a way to do it better with synthesizers. Uh, so we put that one up and I have about three or four in the works right now. And I think number one, I'm getting better at the, you know, what makes things musical, what makes you want to shake back and forth to it. Uh, and at the same time, I'm getting faster with it. So what took that first one, maybe it took me a year of working on it. Uh, the second, the remix might've taken me like six months. Then the next song took me like, I don't know, five months. It, it's slowly getting less and less each time to the point where it's like, if I could have enough time to sit down and get one of these done in three days, that's probably where you need to be to be a professional there. So uh, the more time you put into it, the better it gets. <laughs> yeah. Is there like, uh, like what, what, what is it about music that really like, uh, you connect to, um, like, uh, electronic music in particular? Like, is there, is there something that, that you really like relate to in it or, or like, what is it? Um, I think with the music, it was just, I always had dreams of just being on a stage and rocking out. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that the electronic thing, it might be one, the nerdiness aspect of it. Like you're messing around with software all day. You need to know a lot of math. You need to know a lot of music theory. Uh, yeah, there's not a whole lot of manual dexterity there, but you still need to know your shit. <laughs> um, so that's part of it. But I think the biggest draw was over time, just the dream of being on stage and having the time of your life there. Uh, you know, when I was younger, like I said, Dave Matthews. And before that, it was like 80s and 90s pop. And, and then you had those uh, alternative rock bands. Um, and I think it's just that now in music, that is dying. It's not the way it's done anymore. Like, there aren't many big bands that I could think of off the top of my head, at least compared to the 90s, you know. You think Maroon 5, I mean, it's it's the front man. It's just, you know, it's another singer there. There's not, like, too many big bands that take the stage. And a lot of it now is electronic artists. And it's uh, it's still the same dream I had when I was a kid. It's just the medium has changed. And I do believe in changing with the medium. Otherwise, you become that old guy that... <laughs> refuses to embrace technology and is crippling himself (laughs) Mm -hmm. from doing that so i think that's the only that's number one the nerdiness number two it's current and this is how it's done now (laughs) (laughs) well i mean is there something about like wanting to be on stage like 
Um, did you, I mean, you, you were like a reserved sort of introverted child. So like, what was it about being on stage that appealed to you? Yeah, I think that, yeah, you hit a nail on the head there. It's just like, yeah, everyone's just into the moment there and you're there leading it. And that's just like a really good feeling. It takes a lot of work to get to that stage. And I think that's what makes it more like you could see it on their faces. Like, you know, when the chain smokers are out there performing our lady Gaga was performing the Super Bowl, like that look of accomplishment on their face, how much you put into it, how much you're everyone else around you is having a good time because of what you've done. It's just like the, the high you get off of it, I guess is uh, the goal there. <laughs> yeah. Did, did you feel any of that? Like being on big brother, knowing that you were like on TV and, and millions of people were watching. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, there's uh it felt like, so the whole interview process, I'm not going to go into any of that, but, uh, during that, it felt like a finals week in school. Uh, like, I've gone as far as I can. I've taken, like, you're walking out from an exam and you're like, I've done the best I can. I think I killed it. And we're going to see what happens. Do I get the A or not? And um, that moment, like, when I felt like it was happening, that was one of the greatest feelings ever. Yeah. And then being on the show, it, I mean, I think it's, just because of the nature of Big Brother. Maybe if you were on Survivor, you'd be able to feel a bit more, but you can't really tell it, how many... how many. You can't tell how big the audience is because mm -hmm. you're, you're just hanging out with 15 other people. Yeah. <laughs> you can kind of hear the cheers from outside when someone's evicted, but that's about it. Like, I thought in that season... Like, everyone knew they were going beforehand. Like, we played too nice. We weren't blindsiding anyone. <laughs> well, James was like, is on your season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, um, I felt like this must be the most boring season ever. No one's watching it. This is the season that Big Brother <laughs> dies. <laughs> the whole time i'm like all right whatever we're just we're just playing this out here <laughs> it's good so, it's great that you thought that because like so many people uh when they're on the show they're like this is the best season of all time uh we're gonna come out it's gonna be amazing uh but you're just sitting there the whole time like ah oh, this guy uh, we killed it uh, <laughs> the show all is right, over. big brother <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry big brother we killed the good thing here <laughs> but then we got out and like a lot of people like and it it was like, from what I gathered, it was a season that casual, like, we'll miss a couple episodes a week. People still liked it. And the hardcore, like, online arguing about strategy, people still liked it. Like, even maybe the ratings weren't as good as other seasons, but the people that watched it liked it. Like, I don't hear too many people say, like, oh, that was that season. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can skip over that one. <laughs> Um, it's like one of the uh, lesser listened to Taryn shows that's uh, that's really good, but people don't listen to it because they don't know who the person was. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, so I, I was glad it turned out well, but yeah, because of the nature of Big Brother, you can't really feel like you're on it, you're rocking out. I guess, yeah. <laughs> even though you might be, and you don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, maybe we should. Uh, maybe I should ask Steve if uh, if I ever get Steve on, uh, I'll ask him how it felt when he when he walked out as the winner. Maybe that's the moment. That's got to be the best feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially for maybe if you were like 
a recruit, it wouldn't. It would be like, oh yeah, this is fun. But like, if you dreamt your whole life of being on there, like I was on that stage, I saw Steve walk out of there. I was so happy he won because you yeah. could see it on his face, the confetti coming down, the whole audience is cheering for you. I mean, you did it there. <laughs> you know, he, that was a good moment for him. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it, people people get tired of uh, like the super fans uh, like uh, doing so well, but I, I feel like at the very least, like if if a super fan wins, it's like you can feel like good for them that they won. Like this, like they're literally living a dream, and like uh, yeah. you know, nobody can take that away from them, and and that's that's always it's, it's like something to like rest your hat on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can kind of connect with them for that moment. And yeah. then, but first, we're going to a commercial break. <laughs> <laughs> so, Harry's. <laughs> so, Harry's, yeah, yeah. All right, America's favorite player. See you next year. <laughs> and um, Harry's. So, uh, so was was your would you say like your your family like they did they were they sort of instrumental in developing this sort of atmosphere or like a. Um, instincts to not to to go for the safer thing of like uh go for the money like uh you know be a dentist be a finance major like was that was that like something that you're you sort of like got from your parents yeah i think it's not just like my parents i think it's this whole area of the country like the northeast pa it's a weird area but yeah um it's very competitive academically at least at the high school i went to like you when you're competing at something, you don't realize how far down a rabbit hole you're going. You know? <laughs> uh, it's just trying to one up each other, and eventually you're both like <laughs> out in the deep end there. Yeah. But I think uh, family wise, we've definitely come from like generations and generations and generations of you have a career, this is what you do, this is what defines you. And I, there's a lot of people that don't think that way. And it's just something I wasn't exposed to. Not that it's a bad thing, like having a career that defines you. I mean, that works for a ton of people. Like a lot of people are really happy with that. It's just like there's some that aren't, <laughs> you know, and um, it that's yeah, that other mindset just like wasn't in the area here. Well, so so how, how did they feel about you like going on Big Brother and, and like your your music, uh, you know, stuff like do, are they supportive of that? Like, do you feel like, yeah, like that's accepted in, in your even in your like uh, community? No. So it's not like, oh, you have to be a dentist. It's just like I feel like the community like we don't know any better. Like <laughs> yeah. it. So it was like. When Scranton first started, it was like a big coal mining town. So everyone just came here. You worked. You never left the area. You worked there until you died. You had kids. They worked here until you died. Like if you could, you know, like a big accomplishment is going two hours south to Temple, becoming a dentist and coming home and being a dentist like that is huge for the area. And that was like the dream there. And then it's just like you're just so isolated you don't realize all the other potential things out there that there are that could make you happy. So it's not like everyone said, this is what you have to do. It's just like, this is all we know. Yeah. They weren't like, uh, like, no, you can't do music. You must no. be a dentist. No, it was never <laughs> like that. No, no. I, and they, 
they even try to talk me out of being a dentist. They're like, are you sure you'll like it? I'm like, yeah, I'll be, I'll like, I'll be fine. So my parents were kind of right. <laughs> trying to talk me out of it. Um, it reminds me of the, uh, the, is it the Rudolph, uh, movie? Um, that there's like an elf that wants to be a dentist. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Luckily, it wasn't like that through my whole childhood. It was just at the very end. They're like, eh, you sure about that? And uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. I got this. Move over. Well, I if, got if this. not even <laughs> you in a time machine can convince you otherwise, then I doubt yeah. your parents could have. Yeah, it, it, it was a tough sell there. Um, <laughs> well, so, so, I mean, you talked about uh, like this idea of uh, like this sort of uh collective idea of the the life that you're supposed to have like the big house fancy car uh tro- trophy wife um, yeah. so like w- w- like what put you off of that or like w- like when did you sort of realize that wasn't really what you wanted um i feel like it's been more recent there cuz like you can't really tell in dental school what it's going to be like once you're out i mean we all dental school was ultra competitive too like i was talking about one-upping each other trying to be a valedictorian of dental school where everyone's already pretty with it to begin with uh that you have your blinders on that whole time too and you're just not accurately thinking about how it's actually going to be um i don't know maybe i think big brother definitely helped i'm glad that experience happened because it definitely helped me put things more in perspective uh i think as far as being uh being relationships specifically i think that built its way up over my entire 20s just like different girls it, you start to learn like and this isn't just girls this this applies to dudes too but like finding a partner and figuring out what they're after like what do they see that they're getting out of their relationship uh are they with you for the right reasons um and basically you have to ask yourself you know what if i became completely worthless like i had something happen to me medically would this person still want to be with me uh that's an important question to ask and if you follow the path that i was outlining through this whole thing you're probably attracting the wrong type of people you know and i you can't figure that out till you do it yourself like Someone, it's the same thing. Like someone can teach you this lesson. Like you don't want this kind of girl. You don't want this kind of dude or whatever you're going after in your life. You you can't have this kind of person there until you make that mistake yourself. You can't know why, like you shouldn't be chasing that anymore. So it, it was just like a bunch of relationships that have just like led me to the point where I realized, okay, the the trophy wife thing is completely off base. You can't do that. <laughs> then the uh the money thing, uh it's like now I am making a ton of it. I don't see any of it cuz I just pay it all out right away and I don't think having more of it would make me any happier. So, I'm just like it you have to like make these mistakes to see the big picture really. And uh I think it wasn't till after Big Brother that I was like, okay, I'm not blinded by this big brother dream anymore. I'm here working as a dentist. And now I could see like, is working as a dentist going to pay off for me and make me happy? And it's not, it's just like, you need to get a lot of other things out of the way first. And that just takes life experience. 
<laughs> yeah. Do well, do you think you've been more successful like in finding happiness and like relationships since you've sort of come around to this idea? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's funny. I think with relationships, if you want to go on that tangent right now, in like <laughs> your late teens, maybe even early teens into early 20s, maybe even late 20s for a lot of people, I remember approaching dating like, how can I sell myself to this person <laughs> that they're going to like me? But then as you get into more and more of these, it's like there. sometimes you don't really have to sell yourself, you know? And uh, those are the people you want to be dating, not someone you just want to be honest up front about everything, about everything. Like, uh, I'm not too keen on the idea of having kids. So recent within the recent years, anytime that has come up relatively early on, I'm, I just blurted out. I'm just like, yeah, I'm not too interested in doing that anytime soon, possibly never. And then it's out on the table. And then if they're cool with that, cool. And if it's not, then it's fine. Uh, at least you have that out of the way rather than keeping that inside and trying to tell them what they want to hear. And you're like, uh, this is going to end badly. You're just kind of like building up this big zit that's going to pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I, you know, I think that's a good way to look at uh, bad relationships. Just uh, mm. one big zit just uh, yeah. building and building until it pops. But yeah, the more you get out, like the stuff that you really feel on the inside, it's the same thing as, you know, being an introvert and not letting yourself out. It's like, sometimes it's just better to let yourself out because then whatever conflict may happen, conflict may not happen. It, a good thing might happen. And whatever it is, you can move on. You can leave that horse, no, elephant, elephant <laughs> in the room. I'm not a zoologist. <laughs> hey, what, do you, what do you want from him, people? He's a dentist. <laughs> You can leave that behind and then uh, move on from there. <laughs> Elephant, yeah, so in the Elephant in the room is what I was going for there. <laughs> <laughs> so you feel like uh, like you've been happier in relationships since you sort of uh, come to this realization? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because it's less work. <laughs> yeah. It's less stressful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like uh, be being upfront about things is generally uh, easier in pretty much all respects, except for maybe mm -hmm. Big Brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. That it does benefit you to uh, lie if you're good at it. If you're lying and everyone can tell you're lying, then you're probably better off just telling the truth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I saw. Uh, it's just yeah, more experience you get. So being a dentist. Uh, in an operatory all day working with various patients and a TV in each operatory. I see a lot of daytime TV while I'm working. <laughs> and uh, sometime this year, uh, Ellen was asked on her show, what was the favorite part of her life? And she's like, right now. I'm like, hmm, that's interesting because she's over 60, I believe. Uh, and out of all the great things she's done, all of them, uh, not that now isn't great, but all the great things she's done, the current moment is her favorite part of her life. I was like, that's interesting. It's yeah. like, we all, we all fear getting older, but it could be good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know? And, and I mean, even at a very basic level, like the moment you're living is, is surely better than uh, the moments already lived. Right. Cause you can't yeah, get back yeah, to that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can, I can think of some bad moments, man. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> what's fine. What? Uh, was there like a, like a particular struggle? Ooh. So I was 
always smaller than everyone. Uh, so, you know, it's tough when you're in high school and everyone's just like throwing their weight around. It's tough to be like throw back when you, you physically can't do it. <laughs> so my growth spurt happened way after everyone. Um, that being said, a lot of people that were way bigger than me in high school, I look down at them now. <laughs> so things can get better. I got lucky, I guess, in that aspect. Yeah. Um, golfing, golf team was tough because that was pretty cutthroat and I was really bad at it at first. And every year felt like a struggle to just make the team. Oh, uh, getting on Big Brother, like being rejected multiple years in a row you start questioning like can i do it is there something wrong with me and you just gotta keep sticking with it i guess like rejection rejection hurts at the time but you get better from it for sure every year like i was better every year after that with that and same with golf i was better every year after that um the failures really help you focus on what you're doing wrong to get better at things so yeah just in general um dentistry i haven't i mean i guess in dental school you have some close calls like you don't know how to manage a situation perfectly like it maybe it's like a 20 step process that you have to do in 10 seconds or i don't know something medically there or something with a tooth there and you're you don't handle it that well the first time <laughs> you know yeah it, 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 uh it's a struggle especially when dealing with people like Say there's a tooth that's completely bombed out uh, and you're trying to fix it. And you know that this could probably go pretty bad because this tooth isn't fixable or it's very difficult to fix it. You go to try to fix it and it ends up needing more treatment. Having that conversation with the patient <laughs> is yeah. very tough the first couple times. Explaining to them that in the best way you can, your tooth was too messed up. I need to do more to it when all they're probably hearing is this guy messed up my mouth yeah <laughs> <laughs> and trying to approach it away like no laying you, you develop this protocol where it's like this is why the tooth needed treatment it's really messed up and this needs to be done to fix it and just kind of getting good at relaying all of that in five seconds that takes a while so that was a bit of a struggle at first but yeah there's been Multiple struggles. I'm sure there's others, but yeah. Would you, would you say that like you're good at uh, like rebound? Like you said, like rejection. It helps you uh, like find out like what your failures were and and how to improve on them. Like, are you good at sort of like taking failure in uh, in stride and and sort of like uh, rebounding back stronger than before? Yeah, yeah. I I think so. I think it's worked out many times. I think the one thing you can't overlook if you're doubting yourself is you're gonna crash for a little bit i mean i think that's the normal part you you gotta go through that phase where you feel really down about yourself you gotta do that and take that all in and live that moment and then but then you gotta analyze it and leave it behind i think did you ever watch lost yeah yeah you remember jack shepherd's story with the the spinal nerve he's like i i had my dad told me like take what count to three and be afraid and then all right now how do i fix this so like you do have to live through that moment where you're just completely a wreck but you have to then you can't stay there you have to analyze what you did wrong how you could improve you might not improve everything right away but you can focus on certain things to improve and then come back again better 
and then uh, fail again, <laughs> crash again, do it. <laughs> yeah. Just keep going over until it happens less and less. And it seems yeah, well, to be a repeating pattern. I, I feel like a lot of people like I, have the instinct to try to avoid that moment, like like that moment of fear or pain or whatever. Um, and so like they never get to the point where they try to they're trying to fix things because they're just constantly trying to put out fires to stop the pain because they don't want to have to experience it. Yes. Um, and that's, that's where a lot of people get caught up, I think. Yeah. And you, you never get anywhere doing that. It, it's, it's a dreadful thing. It's horrible, but you gotta do, Oh, Oh, there's a good one. So while I was in the introverted stage, I was in high school. I, I was salutatorian of my high school and we had to give a speech in front of the entire graduating class. I was literally, you know, you have those senior, prizes that they do it mm-hmm. like the prom and they'll give them out number one i didn't go to prom and two <laughs> i was voted the shyest dude in the class <laughs> which that was that was a thing yeah so that's like the worst possible like yeah let's point <laughs> out the shyest guy in the class and everybody point at him and be like oh look you're shy like that yeah. seems like the worst thing i've ever heard of you want to know an awkward picture it was me and the girl who won it standing next to each other like wow <laughs> forget this oh, man. so um yeah we both have <laughs> just won that and you know what that's not fair because there are plenty of shy dudes that literally said nothing to anyone and they're so under the radar that no one would vote for them <laughs> that's that's aspect that i think contributed to you were the the highest profile shy guy (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) um i borderline think that this girl bombed her class's senior year so she didn't have to give a speech at graduation oh my (laughs) because she her and another girl were tied for valedictorian and then i was third place technically that going into senior year and then i moved up i was salutatorian i was like okay and uh we're doing a speech here and i'm like i really don't want to give this speech i really don't want to do it and my dad forced me to do it uh guidance counselor at school forced me to do it and i'm very glad that they did because it really wasn't that bad yeah (laughs) but i was so afraid of doing that but that did help me uh, get into my mind. You gotta do things you don't want to do, yeah, to was, get better at them. Was the speech like uh, the the typical like high school like uh, we've done so well here and now we're moving on and like just yeah. full of generalities? It, yeah, it was all that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> I hated that so much. I was I was so mad at graduation that I like that I had to be there um and because it was just like the most boring thing and i like it was literally like hearing gibberish like they were it was like uh if anyone's watching survivor uh there's a guy jp who says a lot of things but doesn't actually say anything uh that's that's graduation like it's just a bunch of people saying a bunch of things that mean absolutely nothing like uh, it's just it's it's ridiculous Mm -hmm. yes and uh yeah but we got through it and you did yeah (laughs) <laughs> it was equally boring though yeah <laughs> yeah uh, so i mean you said you opened up a bit when you got to to dentist school dentistry school dent what is yeah. it yeah dental school dental dental school, dental school. Yeah. uh how, what, what was that process um well for the first time 
you so you don't really get it in high school because everyone maybe you got it in elementary school you're all kind of in the same classes working to one goal but high school everyone you can kind of pick your classes to some extent whether you want hard versions or easy versions undergrad good luck everyone's taking different things but dental school is like a first time there are 125 very with it people all working to the same goal you are it's a really weird family to be in like there's some people that um fail out because life gets in the way there are some people that are really type a to the point where they don't they like cover their note taking in class because they want to beat everyone else on the exam and it's just this really weird competitive environment uh where you have some of your best friends and you have people like sabotaging each other um that just kind of i just felt oddly at ease it was just this i was like i can kind of deal with this and i can relate to these people uh whether it was on my hatred of them or how much i love them well <laughs> so, was it was it cuz it was like an academic competition rather than like uh like i'm the biggest or like i'm the most popular kind of thing yeah yeah dentistry like the first 2 years at least it's very academic all those biology and science classes so it's like who has the best memorization ability and stuff like that but then eventually it comes out like once you start doing clinical stuff like technical skill and all that kind of stuff but yeah it, you want bragging rights and you feel the urge i need to be better than these other people <laughs> you know and it, it does bring out this other side of you but at the same time you have your clique of dudes that are very similar or dudettes <laughs> it's about 50 50 split in most classes now half guys half girls so it's pretty it's uh par for the course i'd say there um but you have your clique and uh they're fun to like hang out with chill with and then you have other ones when you're around them um they really bring out your competitive side and all of that environment that you're all in it together it makes it really easy to talk and stuff like that whether it's angrily talking or just hanging out having good times talking and i think that makes it easier and then plus you start once you start seeing patients you're introduced to new people every day that you kind of, you're going to be you're going to be putting your fingers in parts of them <laughs> so, <laughs> you do have to make some kind of conversation with them whether it's very short or you actually hit it off with them and we'll talk about some nerdy thing or whatever. You end up, you have to talk a lot more in dental school, I guess. And that just brings it out of you. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you feel like you had like a kind of like a typical college kind of like go crazy experience? Yeah, I did. Oh yeah. Penn state. I think the second year I was there, if it wasn't the number one party school, it was pretty close, which I don't know if that's a bragging point now, but at the time you're like, oh yeah, this is amazing. I have the best school. Blah, 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 blah. Give me another beer. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the frat life, the frat boys. Uh, we like the first uh, couple weeks you're there, you, you know, you rush all the fraternities. You're like, this is amazing. And then <laughs> when they start asking you if you want to pledge and you're like, oh, I think I'll, I'll take a year, but I'll keep hanging out. And you see like what they're really like. And they're like, well, if you're not in, then we're not hanging out with you. You're like, oh, okay. Then you start realizing what that's like. And then partying all the time is very difficult. So 
uh, I developed more of a group of friends after we got through all that. Uh, we enjoyed staying home playing rock band with, with the the lady friends until we turned uh, 21 slowly, one at a time. Then we take that to the more relaxed bar. But every now and then, you know, you go out to the rager <laughs> at the at the club, I guess they call it. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but you... Yeah. It's it's funny because when you were talking about um, like spending a lot of time to accomplish a goal, especially revolving around music, uh, I had like a very like embarrassing thought about how a guitar hero and how I like dedicated myself to beating uh, uh, Jordan on expert on Guitar oh, Hero wow. 2. Oh, um, <laughs> Jordan, okay. Right? Yeah. It was I, like uh, it was it was a, uh, an accomplishment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I really yes. like that game. Even on the virtual front, there, yeah, you get the <laughs> rock star sensation from it. You are the guitar hero, exactly. Because <laughs> I, I remember uh, my I had a friend, friends who friends who played it too, and uh, we were playing poker at a friend's house, and I was telling them like, guys, I'm close. I, I'm close to beating Jordan, and they laughed <laughs> in my face. They were like, yeah, right. You're lying. Stop lying. And then uh, like a week later, I was like, I did it. I beat it. And they were like, yeah, it's not that hard anyway. And I was like, yes, for receipts. Oh, God. Egging you on and then shooting you down. Yeah. Whatever. They didn't do it. Has gaming always been like an interest of yours? Yeah. Yeah. It's just probably within the last maybe three or four years, it's slowed down just because the the philosophy of it has uh kicked in it's pretty much what you were just saying like right as a kid uh my parents bought me their the original nes i i didn't i wasn't old school enough to be atari but i was not long after that so i had nes with the mario that uh you didn't have many lives on you couldn't save if you if you died you lost i had bubble bobble that was like my favorite one um then I had Super Nintendo with like Donkey Kong and Mario Kart and all that. Uh, Nintendo 64. I saved up my allowance for like two years and I bought one. <laughs> I love that system. I had, yeah. You know, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Mario 64. Yeah. So I was a pretty much a Nintendo fanboy because I guess really that's all there was until oh, that yeah. next generation. Uh, then my friends got me into Halo and we did the land party thing. And that was just a good time. So we mm-hmm. had all that types of fun. Um, and it, now I play uh, Destiny every now and then. I played Cuphead. I don't play it as much anymore because I'm like, I, same th- feeling you had from being Jordan. It's like, I beat it. I feel really good. But like, what do I have to show for it? Yeah. Well, like I, had a, yeah. I had a lot of fun. I had a good time. Um, but I don't have any, I don't feel fulfilled from it. It's almost like watching a movie like i have a really good time i'll watch any movie i love it at the time but then afterwards i'm like i did kind of like lose some productivity time and then that kind of eats at me a little bit yeah because it's like like when i when i beat jordan like not only did i did people try to undermine my accomplishment thanks a lot uh quinn and chance um (laughs) but uh um 
but it, it, I, I lost interest in the game. Like there was never a song, or at least that yes. I would like knew that was harder than Jordan. So it just felt like, what more do I have to do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this was pre DLC days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I got rock band eventually. Um, and I played a little bit of that, but it was just, it was never the same. There was never a challenge like Jordan. Like it was, yeah. you know, yeah. Um, rock band was easier. Cause sure. even, even like when there was like DLC and stuff, it's like, there's different songs it's not there's not like one song that everyone knows like this is the chat this is the challenge and i have this mm-hmm. it's the same problem with like all video games that are they're too complex nowadays mm-hmm. uh yeah. back in my day um <laughs> back in my day we're yeah. gonna go to class speaking of going to class i do feel that i think i'll i guess this is kind of off topic but since we were talking about college there i was thinking about this i've felt that since i started in college which was like oh five the information technology has taken off like crazy and maybe in 05 going to class and taking notes was still a good thing but i'm not sure how necessary the college learning environment is okay yeah you got the social experience that's great but how much is the degree really worth for like the man they pay the teachers which they need to be paid for teaching and all that stuff but with how easily available information is online we're they're trying to argue that going to class is better than online, but it's kind of only because they feel that way because it's what they grew up with, but it's kind of outdated. You can get information much faster now by reading it on the internet rather than getting up, getting ready, walking to a classroom, waiting for the professor to get there, having him talk, and he goes off on his own tangents for like, you know, an hour. And you're like, I could have learned all this a lot faster on the internet. And I, I think that's something that we need to consider. It, How it, long does college actually need to be? I agree. At this no, point? It, 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 kind <laughs> of, it kind of feels like, um, like college is kind of like having a personal trainer for learning, but like, yeah. it's not a personal trainer. It's like a, a uh, an exercise class. So it's like, yeah. you're paying a ton of money for something that you could do on your own. And basically the only thing that you're really paying for is the knowledge of the person that you're learning from and the expectation that you're supposed to be there. Like uh, they're holding your hand, like you're supposed to be doing this. You could easily just do it online. Uh, Like there's tons of classes online where you can find plenty of knowledgeable people. And so like really like the only thing is just like, oh, well, if there's a class and it's at this time every day and I am physically living here and like, I have to go there. Like, I feel like that's, that's really the, the most that, it, that you get from it. I, I guess like you get the degree as well and you get like, ne- like maybe like a network of people. Um, yeah, and the that's, network. that's yeah. definitely something that can be beneficial depending on your, uh, your field. Um, but I think there's just so many people that don't need, I, I don't think I needed to go to college. I don't think I got much out of it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, like or, or I, I went there, paid. like the social experience, like I never partied, I didn't drink. So like, I, I barely had a social experience in college. Like yeah. I made friends, but I wasn't like, uh, oh yeah, partied up at college. Like I didn't need to be there for that because I didn't do it. Uh, in terms of like learning things, I never actually, never once was taught how to use a digital camera at, at, at my <laughs> video production major at Emerson really? College. I learned how to do old school film. I learned how to edit on old school film. I never once, they never once taught me how to use a digital camera. I had to teach myself that. Uh, so it's like, what did I go there for, you know? Yeah. How many times have you edited film since then? Never. 
<laughs> I never will. I spent God like forty hours editing on a Steenbeck, like old school Steenbeck uh, thing, like editing this black and white silent, or actually not silent. I had to record separate audio for it on a separate like uh, audio strip. And you're literally like looking through a magnifying glass and cutting and and taping together f- strips of film. And I was just like, I can do this in like thirty minutes, uh-huh. uh, and it's taking me forty hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's frustrating. Yeah, knowing that there's a better way to do something, and you're doing it some way that's antiquated. You're just like, why? <laughs> yeah. I can't do it anymore. And, and I'm like, I'm sure there are some benefits too that like I, I'm not listing out because there are lots of like like small things that you probably take for granted if you've been to to college right, and stuff right. but i think almost all of those you can get from other sources if you want to and you don't have to pay two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. you don't have to pay five hundred thousand right, dollars right. yes. uh it's it's crazy overpriced yes i think that that's definitely going to be a bubble because there's plenty of people i know um who didn't go to dental school and they're still over 100k in student loans i'm like there's gotta be a point it's just like how the housing market was where they're they're being sold things they can't afford to pay back and it's going to be a problem soon enough and it's just like i think it's i think it's overpriced and it's too long for how much information you actually get out of it yeah and and i don't (laughs) think it's even like it's not even that good like yeah like i feel like it's so it's so ineffective i think the way that our education system works and now like this is like getting really uh is this political i don't even know is is education is political right i guess so yeah yeah you wouldn't wouldn't attribute it to either side though right (laughs) yeah we could we could stop there that's fine in this country our education system needs to be reworked yeah as (laughs) as someone who's uh been through several years of teachings i find it ineffective (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh the 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 fun part though one thing i probably couldn't have done online was the cadaver now that that was an experience have i really used a whole lot of that information a little but you know digging as a dentist like digging around in someone's intestines you don't really need to do that ever <laughs> <laughs> well surely like you could pay like a couple thousand bucks for uh like a cadaver class you know what i mean yeah. like <laughs> yeah yeah just for for the weekend you yeah. know wine and dissection class <laughs> wine tasting and dissection yeah it's a perfect combo <laughs> um all right well uh this has been fun yeah, yeah. rock out <laughs> <laughs> we should yeah, uh, i'm gonna we go should, we should play some games oh, together yeah absolutely for sure i'm gonna go use my uh harry's razor though tonight. oh yeah i, I be mean professional for that, the morning that's a requirement that you use your <laughs> harry's razor before i hang out with you <laughs> all right that'll be sweet <laughs> i mean they're so confident that you're gonna love their blades they give you a free trial that's, I mean, that's all, you, all you have to do is pay for shipping. Harrys.com it, slash Taryn. It's free. <laughs> <laughs> Except you for shipping. You can't argue yeah. with that. <laughs> you ship stuff all the time. <laughs> what's, what's one more? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but yes, uh, you know, you know, maybe, uh, if, if, if you, if you liked this, this conversation, if you like, uh, two idiots talking about education and, uh, whatever else we talked about, 
Um, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll like uh, Twitch stream a game or something. Yeah, that'd Hang be fun. No, yeah. I, I'm definitely down. That'd cool. Be cool. <laughs> well, it was very fun talking to you, Johnny Mac. I hope other people enjoyed it as well. You know, these these podcasts they they have a wide variety of. Uh, you know, we got Brent talking about addiction. Uh, you know, Nick talking about uh, the passing away of a loved one, and then uh, us just like being crazy and ridiculous. Yeah, weird idiots that want to conquer the world. Yes, something like that. <laughs> it really, it really, I think reflects like the personality of the the guest that I have on, like uh, like the tone of the show. You know, like uh, yeah, some people they've been through something really heavy, and like they're talking about that doesn't doesn't mean like they're a heavy person, but like they've they've really they've got a lot to like explore. And some people they're just like uh, they 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 really like connect with me, and we have just have fun on the show. Uh, yeah, lots of lots of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, there's just some people that have had like one big thing to ha- that happened to them. It's like, all right, I've had my ups and downs. I can't really top that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you listen to Brent talk about like uh, like almost dying of of uh, addiction, it's like, yeah, I got it's nothing. Hard li- yeah, yeah, he's, <laughs> that's an accomplishment. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's something for everyone. Uh, so I hope, I hope you all enjoyed this and, uh, I, I hope that you are as excited as I am about Harry's razors. Uh, and, and like I said, it, it seriously would help me a lot if you, uh, if you went, you just did the free trial, see what it's like, check it out, support the show. It's a win-win. Uh, so thank you everyone for joining us. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, The Terran Show. You can also subscribe to uh, Reality TV Rehap Ups on iTunes, which will get you The Terran Show, uh, the LFC Survivor podcast we just released, uh, you know, lots of other Survivor stuff and Big Brother stuff and the challenge and everything. It's all on Reality TV Rehap Ups. Um, you can also find us on robhasawebsite.com. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at Armstrong Terran. Johnny Mac, how can people find you and your music and your streams and everything? Uh, Twitter is at RockstarDMD. Uh, on Twitch right now, I am. So that's twitch.tv. That's where I do live streams on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Uh, it's just me making music on the computer, a bunch of us crazy people hanging out. Uh, so it's twitch.tv slash Johnny Mac Music. So that's pretty easy there. Uh, YouTube, I think that's li- linked to in my Twitter there. Uh, but it's just Johnny Mac on YouTube. And it's mostly going to be focused on music stuff. That, that's going to be few and far between until I get good at this stuff. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Hopefully uh, you put out like an album or something someday. An album. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <Do it. laughs> Someday. I'd, I'd buy the your The goal album. is Spotify. The goal is Spotify. Get, so I can get with the technologies here. Well, you can, you can release like an album on Spotify, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yes, exactly. You know, it doesn't uh, even be physical. Yeah. No, we're past that. I mean, obviously, you need to produce a vinyl album. Like, Yeah. yeah it's just better on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> Screw getting with the technology. It's all about vinyl. Kids aren't going to get that joke anymore. They're going to be like, it was... <laughs> It sounds better when you download it to your hard drive than when you stream it. <laughs> it's it's 320, dude. You can't get better. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you again for joining me, Johnny Mac. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next time. Terrence asking questions. Terrence finding out. Terrence looking deeper. 
that's what it's all about. It's the Tango Show. So you 